The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. Welcome to today's episode of Joy Unleashed. I'm your host, Colleen Greco, and I am so excited to share with you our guest for today, Christine Colburn. Christine is a licensed professional counselor, national certified counselor, a certified clinical trauma professional specialist with children between the ages of three and 17. She's won multiple awards for her work. She's recognized for her unwavering commitment to ethics, thank God for that, and leadership in the field of mental health. And she's just really great to talk to. So without further ado, let me bring Christine to the show. Hey, Colleen. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Yay, me too. (laughs) How are you? This is Joy Unleashed. This is where we get to talk about all the fun stuff and all the happy stuff. And uh, and honestly, um, we'll get into some of the questions as to why, but how will you help people get back to joy if they feel like they've, uh, you know, lost that somewhere in their life? So um, I would love to start with a bit of a softball for you. Um, I usually do that with everybody. <laughs> um, my One of my favorite questions is, what is your hype song? So when you're getting ready for something, you know, either a presentation or a tough discussion with, you know, someone that works for you or maybe a tough client, what is the song that kind of gets you into your groove? I'm going to say song. I usually, on, to be honest with you, usually I listen to motivational speakers. Mm. Um, but a lot of them are like, you know, for working out and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but it, they all center around mindset and um, remembering like the greatness and even my own, like trying to focus on what I do good. And I know that I'm good at, we're all good at something. And it's focusing on what I'm good at. And I try to build the energy from there. Okay. Um, so, awesome. so a song, it just depends on, like, usually it's like a Megan Trainer, like, upbeat. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, and I'm, I get out of bed and I'm all, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Before the show today, I listened to Coldplay and Viva La Vida. It's one of those songs that just makes me levitate, so. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, was, maybe you should listen to the song Levitate. This <laughs> is <laughs> so smart. Um, so here's another easy one for you. How do you define joy, personally? Personally, um, joy, honestly, is a, for me, is um, an internal, like, emotion that is, I I struggle to find words to describe this, Um, because it's so, it's like, it could be, like, the birth of my two boys. I mean, it's a moment where it just, oh my gosh, it almost just a euphoria kind of thing. Um, Or it's like when I hear from my husband, and I haven't heard from him with him being deployed, and it's like, oh my God, it's like, everything just melts away. and for example, uh, yesterday I had um, a, a last session with one of my clients who started three years ago with me, um, and she was in her month-to-month kind of the maintenance part. Um, she did a lot of trauma work, um, was suicidal coming in, but through the years, doing her trusting me and really working her sessions, she um, is closed out now as of yesterday, and today she's moving to San Diego to um, start law school. 
and she was sobbing and crying and i mean it was very emotional for me because i was so proud of her but that joy for her um and just just seeing her finally accepting like oh my gosh i'm so proud of me and i don't know why i'm crying i'm at this cog euphoria and but she had never really experienced that before so it was very, it took a lot. I was just like, I'm going to cry with you, okay? That's a massive graduation and, and progression for both of you. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, which yeah. is actually a good segue into my next question. Um, we know that life has, you know, life is full of challenges and twists and turns that oftentimes, you know, we just can't predict. And I think a lot of times people really struggle with how do they heal from those challenges? What have you found um, are some of the reasons why people feel like they're stuck in those situations or those thoughts? It, it almost comes down to nurture, nature versus nurture almost because we're raised a certain way and we don't always realize there is a different way. Um, at the end of the day, it should put it in a nutshell. Everything comes down to our perspective. I truly believe there has to be balance. There, There's light, there's day, there's black, there's white, there's, you know, everything. There's got like the yin and yang there's always balance. So anytime, like I've had, I adversity and I, we are dance partners for someone for my lifetime. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what, if I have to dance with you, I'm going to take the lead now. And so I changed my perspective on how I see things. Every challenge I see, there's a lesson to be learned. And sometimes I'm like, universe, please, I, I don't want to learn this lesson. So can we skip that one? <laughs> that way so it is and it is there's it's no truly path funny. Card or something there's no path card you can put up and be like i'm just gonna skip my turn yeah it's like i'm sorry it's full and i look and it, oh it's all adversity it's took up my whole card <laughs> <laughs> so but it is like um for me personally i have extreme anxiety and most people are like really but i'm so used to it. it's my normal um but i would say you know what i'm this is my ship. I'm, I'm, I'm the captain. You can get in the back seat, the back of the boat. You can get off the boat for all I care, <laughs> you know, but it's really taking our mindset and changing that. And once I was able to learn to do this, it, it helps a lot. Like yesterday, it was a day that I told my manager, I'm like, I don't want to be beautiful today. I don't want to be, I want to be petty and I just want to pout right now. <laughs> and honestly, I'm at, I've been changing perspective for so long that I was like, 10 minutes after that, I was like, oh, God, this is so exhausting. Because, <laughs> like, what can I do to change it? What it, Me being upset or mad or worrying, what is that doing for me? Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, Chris, what are, what are three, four things that you are happy about? Well, you know, I have the practice. I have new opportunities opening. I'm healthy. My children are healthy. Um, you know, just it really, um, we forget, like, when was the last time you'd ever asked, your, you ever said, oh, Thank you for my blessings of I can walk, I can talk, I can take care of myself and groom myself because there's so many people who can't and yes. would die to have that. And we take it for granted. So I try to take those moments and just be like, okay, what do you have? Don't focus on what you don't have. You need to be grateful for what you do have. So again, it's just perspective changing. And I'm a very visual person. So changing, I have in my head, I see like this Rubik's cube, but it's made of ice and it sits on a corner. And in my head, I'm turning it. So I can see things from different perspectives mm -hmm. um, because most people just see tunnel vision. It's their way or no way. Not everybody, of course, but some people are afraid to even find their own. Like I was told, well, 
I've sold a lot of things too, but I, I get called a lot of things too, but <laughs> it doesn't make it true. That. Yeah. You get to rewrite that script. So that kind of gets me to my next question, which is, you know, I don't know that people um, are naturally uh, able to take what is first seen as a challenge and turn it into an opportunity. So how is it that you, <clears throat> excuse me, guide or coach, um, you know, your clients to be able to kind of see things from a different perspective. Um, because that is a skill set. It, it's really easy to say, well, you got to eat today and there are children starving in Africa. Both very true, but not a, a world that they can relate to. So how is it that you get them to see the challenge as something good? A lot. It, it takes time and it takes trust, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I've been very, very blessed that most people are like, they'll tell me things and they're like, oh my gosh, I could be at the grocery store and they'll unload and tell me all this stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I just told you all that. I go, it happens a lot, <laughs> you know, but in, in our sessions, um, we start with like small things. I'm one, I'm a very strength-based person in general, um, but especially as a practitioner, I believe, I don't, I work with kids as young as three all the way through a lifespan. Um, and even at three, they're the, they are the master of who they are. They may not be able to articulate it, but, but we're also our own worst enemy. We are our worst critic. And most people focus on what they do wrong. And I said, you know, as humans, we learn by mistake. And we didn't just get up and walk one day. We fell many times. Children are so resilient. And I wish somehow we could harness that throughout our life. But, you know, we don't. You fall, you get up, and you start again. So I remind them this journey we're taking together I'm right here by your side. You're, and I promise you, you will stumble and you will fall. You're not going to get it the first time. But as we go through it, you'll, it'll be further and further in between that you do. And then eventually we take those train wheels off and I put you at the nest. <laughs> but it's really get, you, taking their strengths. And I, I don't, I'm not going to validate what they already know. Like if their weaknesses, it's like, we can't be great at everything. And, you know, and, reminding ourselves that we cannot know everything. Somebody, when people say, oh, I've, I already knew all that. And, all right. You know, but they stop learning. If we stop learning, we stop growing. Then mm -hmm. I explained these little tidbits to my clients. So I said, okay, so be prepared, but know that when it happens, it's okay. I'm going to pick you up and we're going to start again. And so when it does happen, they're like, oh my God, they like, I feel like a failure. Blah, blah. And then they tell me, I, then I hear you in my head saying, this was going to happen. That made it okay for them. And they didn't give up and get discouraged. So as they practice, once that finally happens for them where they can shift and they, it's actually challenging your own thoughts. Like if so-and-so says, like I have a girl says she's fat, she's not fat by any means. And, um, that was and said, story. yeah. And see, and the thing is like, just because somebody says that mm -hmm. it doesn't make it true unless you adopt it as your truth. Yeah. And in teaching, especially I work with young kids. Most, I love working with the young kids because they're the seeds of our future. And I'm like, if we can get them with, you know, solve, but you can't blame parents because if they weren't taught to use the tools, we all have the tools we need to get through this life. And everybody's different, so everybody's tools are different, but people all haven't been taught to pull yeah. from their own strengths. So it's really teaching them how to pull from their own strengths, challenge their thought process. It's like, oh, well, I can't do that. Like sh this client that just closed out. I can't do, I'm not going to ever be able to be able to law school. Why not? Why, why? Who says? Well, mm -hmm. my family says, I'm like, I don't care what they say. I'm like, did they, are they the author of your book? You write your book, the pages are empty. 
let's start writing your story the way you want it. And here we are three years later. I just got chills. Three years later. <laughs> it really was. I was so proud of her because she really, she was the feisty one for the first year trying to get her to, I mean, she went through a lot of stuff in that year too, but um, it's just, it's like watching my own child, like leave home and go off to school. And it's like, I'm like okay. Oh, good for you. No, that's what it's all about right there. Um, in my coaching practice, I'm constantly talking about self-love and I say that it's the foundation of transformation. Um, what are some simple things that people can do right now to begin to establish a self-love routine? You must have this all the time. And so I'm just curious, like your recommendations and the discussion. Well, I want to say it was, I think it was last year we ran a series. Um, I think it was a five week series of love yourself. And it has quotes like, you know, we, we spend our lifetime looking outwards, um, trying to fill those empty spots and, and fit into society. And I try to remind people, we were all born to be individuals. We all have our own path. If we all were the same, like we all were bread makers and we made bread, how unbalanced would our world be? Not that it's not now, but you know, it'd be way off balance and we wouldn't know the greatness of all these other things. Um, so, I almost lost my train of thought because something else popped into my head. Oh, I you know, it was just around establishing a self-love routine, you know, or there oh. some, some quick hits that people um, can kind of start off with so that they can, you know, build upon it over time. And honestly, the best one that I can tell you is the most uncomfortable one for people um, is look yourself in the eyes, in the mirror. Most mm -hmm. people avoid that. You're like, you're looking at yourself all the time, putting makeup on. I'm like, I'm not, I'm looking at where I'm putting the makeup on, not my eyes. And I practice what I preach, so I know how uncomfortable it is. But it's looking yourself in the eye and being like, hey, you, you're, you know, you're beautiful or, you know, whatever. And beautiful does not mean outside. My grandmother always said beauty comes from within. And there's people who be drop dead gorgeous and they speak and you're like, ah. <laughs> but that or when I used to, I started journaling in the morning and I'd always say, good morning, beautiful girl. Today is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're going to be the best version of ourselves today. And I always say we as ours, even with all my clients, the staff, it's always a team effort. Um, yeah. But that's that, that is like a the hard a hard one. But it's also one that at any time you can pick up a mirror and and if you don't like who's looking back at you, close your eyes and or, or sit and really think with that thought of why what is it that you don't like about yourself? Because again, that's we are exactly, our worst critic. Yeah, that's exactly when you pull the journal out. And it gets you to exactly why that feels the way it feels. But I totally agree with you. I had to start that when I was um, on my weight loss journey, which I've been really open about with a bunch of people, really anybody, I'll talk to anybody about it. But I, when I was trying to learn the self-love piece, I'm like, I made myself just stare at myself in the mirror and say three things, no matter what they were like, I like my earlobes, like anything, because maybe right. I just wasn't comfortable enough to say I had a beautiful smile yet or whatever. But over time, you start to see different things and you're like, huh. Oh, and have you realized that you are more that where you like yourself? Have you noticed that what other people say, think, feel about you? It really doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a humdinger of an email today. And I was like, that's on you. I'm sorry. I know what I did. Um, I know I delivered. You know, I own my stuff. And that's very empowering, too, when we own our own, like, shortcomings or whatever. I, I did something. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I apologized. And I said, you know what? That was not professional of me. I'm sorry. But like, it doesn't matter what the reason why. It doesn't matter how much stress or whatever I have. 
if it was that if I was if it was for those reasons, then I shouldn't have been even working that day. But it was just when those moments were I forgot who I was, my conscience got out of me. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. But I and I didn't give excuses. I human. Just yeah, well, yeah. And the thing is, we learn by mistake. I always analyze like, hey, how can I change? If this were to happen again, how could I do it better? So it doesn't. And mm-hmm. so then it becomes a lesson learned and not a mistake at all. The mistake is if we do the same thing over and over and over, thinking it's going to change. Well, that's the you know definition of insanity too. Exactly. Um, I'm interested in your perspective on something I've been um, coaching on for a long, long time. And that is our friend, the ego. <laughs> I would have wondered if I'd get that face. Um, I share that the ego is there to protect you, um, but it also doesn't know when it's gone too far and that it often serves up stories that aren't true. So can you tell us more about the science behind that? Well, the ego is my naughty twin. Like I'm a Gemini, so I'm always like, don't make me get the ego. I'm just kidding. Um, but honestly, because the ego is designed, it is to protect us. But like when you hear people say, just let it go. Well, you know, if people knew how to just let it go, they would. And I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> but, or in this field, but it's um, it's different for everybody. But it's also things that once did service to protect us, like maybe as a child or a young adult. or um, But now as we grow and we heal, those those fears and those that negative self-talk, that's your ego. And it's it no longer serves you. That's what they're talking about, letting go, because... It did serve you at one point, um, but now you're in a place where you, you don't need it. So I tell people challenge that because I catch myself. It's like, I always say, okay, is this my ego or is this a fear? Like, you know, um, but I psychoanalyze myself so much mm-hmm. <laughs> with stuff like this. But I'm constantly challenging those thoughts like, okay, you know, cause it is important to think things through or be smart and be responsive rather than reactive. Um, but the ego is the one that gets in our way and tries to tell us, you can't, you're not good enough. You, you'll never be able to do that. I had my family, my, at the time when I started, I was 29 starting school. Cause I was always told I couldn't go to college because oh. I was a girl. I was, by, I was raised by my grandparents. So they, I was told I was supposed to get married, get, you know, have kids, take care of my husband and my children. And I was like, do what? I mean, yeah, I want to have kids and stuff, but why can't I have a career? And so I got, I actually got disowned. Um, by my family at the time because so my grandma was a hierarchy they're all passed away now but at the time she was a hierarchy and if they talked to me they'd be cut out of the will and i was like you know whatever i don't care i don't need your money i'll do my thing but and so i did and um when my grandmother was dying was, i was finishing grad school and i went to see her and i told her you know thank you for everything i never forgave her for certain things and people like, you're gonna regret it no i didn't i still don't i don't hate her either you know for it but mm-hmm. it's i did it because I felt it in my soul. This is what my calling was to do. Because I felt like it was existing in life. And I'm like, God didn't put me here to exist. I'm here to do something. To give back mm-hmm. to the community. And so I went against what they, I was told. Like I was told I have a private practice. You, you're never going to be able to do that. Why not? Because I'm a girl. Oh, shoot. Tell me. I'm five foot. Let me tell you. I'm challenged with a lot of things. <laughs> I'm like, I will find a way. But even my approach is very different here. It's very a team oriented. And not clinical I mean if you could see my office you'd be like what the heck because <laughs> there's like trees and like in the walls coming out of the ceilings and it you know but it's supposed to be very welcoming and um, safe feeling for I have adults that love coming here they're like oh, no should you go out and sit out here or you know but it's um learning that 
usually it's going to be your fear or recognizing, okay, this is my ego. I always say it's the devil trying to stop me. And I'm like, oh, mm -mm. I mean, heck no, you're not going to, I'm taking control. I always go back to the, you know what, this is my life. This is my, my book that I'm writing, my life book. And I get to write the chapters and I get to write my outcome. The challenges, I'm always like, oh, there's the devil trying to like step in my way. My Bring it on, buddy. Bring it on because I'm ready. But it's really changing. Again, it comes back to changing that mindset and um, looking at it as you're giving your power away by letting other people tell you what you can and cannot do. I mean, literally, I had my whole family saying I couldn't do this. I did. I was told I couldn't practice in the way that I do with clients. More of a, a, I make it feel like more of a casual conversation than so what I hear you saying is with a clipboard <laughs> it's not so condescending to me and I'm like really so so it is different and people it'll you can, it'll never work I'm like why won't it work and they said because it's never been done before I'm like hello nothing's ever been done before until somebody does it so yeah. insert the psychologist yeah well you know and they say that um I was told six months to a year to get a solid caseload Six weeks in, um, we well, we also opened January of 2020. Six weeks in, I was booked, and I've been booked since. And then March, we had COVID hit, and it went mm -hmm. wild. And so, I mean, it's uh, my son was like, Mom, if you can get through the first year, most businesses fail the first year. But if you can get through the first year with COVID, you know, going on, you're golden. And my, I know you meant that in a good way. <laughs> that way, but actually, in my field, though, it actually boosted most people's businesses. And oh, I believe it! I believe it. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the SNAP method, which is the methodology I developed. So as I was going through the weight loss journey, um, which was the weight gain was born out of trauma. Um, I had worked with a nutrition coach, and he told me he wasn't my therapist; that he wouldn't help me develop strategies to keep me from gaining the weight back, which I very much felt was, um, you know, a sign that there was an opportunity for me to do something more in this area that wasn't currently being done. And so as I was, you know, nearing the end of my journey, I was probably 35 pounds down at that point and I had lost 52 in total. So I had a little ways to go. Um, I developed the SNAP method. And so it's, it's really about redirecting your response to triggers um, and also retiring limiting beliefs. So those are the things that generally fuel us to fly to the pantry and, you know, like not even look around at the, the people that we ran over getting there. Right. So um, I'd love a, I'd love to kind of just share that for a second and then get your impressions on, um, you know, what you think from like a, a clinical standpoint. Um, so the SNAP method itself, um, like I said, helps people redirect their response to triggers. S stands for stop. And that means that you don't, you don't do anything. You let the trigger come. Um, you don't talk, you don't text, you don't type, you just let it come. Um, yes, and yeah. I, you just sit with it. Yep. I tell people to grab their journals at this point um, because N is notice. And it's the time when I really want people to record what's going on with that trigger, um, not, not to judge it, but the, it's, it's the way that the trigger is coming in, in the eyes of you, the affected one, right? So I don't want you judging at this point, just write everything down. What's the, what's going on physically? Do you have a, 
you know, a lump in your throat? Is your heart racing or your palms sweating? Like, let's kind of like decide, um, define the environment. And then, you know, really get the words down on paper. Um, the, the next step is A, which is accept. And this is where you say, the trigger has come. <laughs> I've recorded what I know. Now I'm going to start to look back and decide based on what I wrote, you know, how much of that is truth versus emotion, like facts versus emotion. And you can kind of start to look at it almost from like an outsider's perspective in, and really not, not in a way to shame, but to educate. Um, exactly. And P, what's that? Is that exactly? Oh. Not to judge or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all in an effort of, or in a vein of kindness, not, um, not criticism or shame or anything. Um, and P stands for practice gratitude. So I always thank the trigger for coming, which sometimes is difficult. Like, thank you so much for this lesson, you know, <laughs> but it, it's really the body's way of telling you that there's work to be done in that area. It's just an awareness. And you just say like, I'm so grateful, you know, because I, I have learned so much about this trigger. Um, I know there's a little bit more of more work to do, but I've also seen it for the truth. I've seen it for what it is. And now I get to decide what to do with it and I can set it free. Um, what's your perspective on, on that process? Um, and I could be putting myself out of the job at this point when you tell me it's terrible, but I find it actually, no, amazing. It's actually, it's actually very good. Cause we have like thought stopping techniques. We have, you really hit on some of the stuff we actually talked about just in different contexts of, you know, perspective. Like when you catch yourself and you stop, like I tell people challenge their thoughts, like, where's that really coming from? Um, but like, you know, running to like, the thing because people it's trying they don't want to deal with what they're feeling and it's subconsciously our brain's designed to protect us and so if it's if our brain doesn't feel like we are capable of handling that then it blocks it from us so when I do trauma work with people in the very beginning I tell them things are going to get worse before they're going to get better but then mm -hmm. as you heal other things are going to start may come up because sometimes they have no memory and it's happened i'm like i told you this is gonna happen because it was even worse and it but the thing is they stuff it down right they don't yeah they don't and that's why it. like the food and stuff like helps keep it down in there but here's the thing um i i'm food is i that one's a hard one for me just because i can't eat when i'm sad mad or stressed if i'm not just chill which is not a lot <laughs> I, I i don't and i count it as a blessing because stressed as I get <laughs> but I think it's great because by the time you even go through your pro that process you know the S and the AP it's like I was going to ask like by the time you get there like do you even want that food anymore no oftentimes no it's it's even between S and N like just getting you to stop and notice and just kind of write it down you've, you've especially the more you do it probably is quicker yeah and I always tell people the victory is in um it, is in the rebound, right? Because you'll continue to fall. You will. That's just the way oh, yeah. life is. The trigger will come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The trigger will come. Sometimes it catches you off guard or, you know, you're lazy and you're like, it's not going to hit me this time. And it does. And you're surprised and that's fine. But what I always say to people is the victory is in your rebound. So what would have kept you down in binging or, you know, self-sabotaging or whatever you want to call it for months now is weeks or days or hours or minutes um, and sometimes seconds. So that I always 
that's my measurement for how effective um, the process is for somebody is, are you getting faster? Are you getting better and smarter? And, and now you can see them coming. And so you're well, like, I'm coming and I'm not letting you in today. And you're prepared. See, it's adversity coming at you. You're like, nope, I'm the captain. But and it almost aligns exactly with what I was saying, the thought, like challenging the thoughts and like, no, I'm taking control of this. I'm going, we, anything we want to do, we can do it. I mean, being realistic, it's not like, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut tomorrow. Heck no, I'm even afraid of heights. So I didn't have to, you know, but, but, you know, so it's, people don't realize how much they give their power away. Mm-hmm. And I love this model you have. Cause I mean, that pretty much was aligning exactly with what, you know, challenging our thoughts. Like, where does that come from? And a lot of times you'll find out like people will say, Oh, do you believe in da da da? I'm like, yeah, well I do. Wait, do I? Cause then I had to think, do I believe that? Cause I was raised to believe that. Or do I really believe that? Do I actually and, believe mm-hmm. Right. And I realized there's a lot of things I really didn't believe. And I, so now in my, Seasoned years. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I grow, I'm, I refuse to grow up though. So, <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm realizing, I remember things my grandma would say, like, you know, you got to choose your battles. We can't win every battle. We, the goal is to win the war. And so if it's something like so and so says, I'm this, so what? Who cares? Normally, people who are giving you unsolicited, inf- you know, comments like that is really how they feel about themselves and they're projecting it onto you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's learning. I tell my te- the teenagers I work with, you know, of all the stars and planets out there, they don't revolve around you. They revolve yeah. around me, not you. <laughs> you know, and I always, because I always use humor in sessions because there's hard topics we're talking about. Weight is a hard topic. And it's uh, people body shame and have dysmorphia or dysmorphia. Yeah, it's been a day. But it's, um, you know, so it's really learning how, um, I have to adjust to every client, every person I speak to, because people perceive information differently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's our life experiences that skews our perception. But that doesn't mean, like, it's like the window's dirty. And so I can see clear because my side's cleaner than your side. But it, if over time you practice buffing it out or cleaning it, it gets clearer and clearer and you're seeing a different perspective. And right. it's like, you know what? I, I would, you know, I don't know. I have always felt different and I've always embraced it. My grandma's always told me, she's like, you know what? You always make your own path. You know, like you just, you don't want to fit in a box. I'm like, Human sister. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't. I, and I, when people are like, I want to just, I want to blend in. I'm like, but God made you to stand out. I'm like, that's what my sister told me. And probably not to the extent I took it, but, <laughs> but you know, she didn't specify, <laughs> but you know, but it's learning to, Life is hard. It doesn't come with instructions. Doesn't come with a rule book, and everybody's rules change. And if people really paid attention, they'll realize how many times somebody tells you something, but it'll always get skewed as long as it's in their that person's favor. Not always. Nothing's absolute, yeah. but a lot a lot of times though. And I'm like, I'm really good at picking up on those patterns. I'm like, hmm, hmm, <laughs> you know. So yes, yeah, so your model really aligns with a lot of what we were already talking about. So. Kudos to you. That's awesome. You know, I want to copy that. <laughs> I don't want to forget to put your website up because I did promise to do that. And uh, I've let almost the whole podcast go without putting it up there. So here's your website. Um, but I am going to our final question now, which is my favorite question. So no pressure. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
But if you don't answer it, then um, people are going to know. So you need to answer it. Um, Thanks for popping up that website before you. (laughs) Sure. If it makes you feel better, I'll put this one up instead. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So as you know, Joy Unleashed is the name of the show. Um, And I have a new journal coming out, actually. Uh, The the date is to be announced, but it should be in the next couple of weeks. It's called The Daily Dose of Joy, and it'll be released on Amazon. And so I'm curious, what daily practices can you share with the audience that help you feel grounded and firmly rooted in joy that may just inspire them to do the same? That joy is always a good one. (laughs) I love this name. Honestly, I can give you a perfect example because yesterday it was, I had to get here early after I was up until 3 a.m. for a meeting that they never showed, called, nothing. And I was not, that's when I had my moment of not wanting to be beautiful or I wanted to be petty and angry and, you know, but it was like one thing after another, after another, after another. And I finally, I just stopped and I'm like, okay, I'm like, Chris, what can you control? What can you not? What's within your, you know, because we always try to control things that we have no control over. But I sat there and I was like, okay, what are four things that you do well or that are, that are going correctly for you? And it's, you know, in the beginning of doing these things, it's like I used to, it, I had to really search for things. But then I realized, you know, sometimes it's the simplest thing that one tiny little pebble makes it all come together. And I was like, you know what? I, I have a, a successful business. I love what I do. I, you know, I, I showed up. I did my part. I, I'm not going to be angry with what somebody else didn't do because that's not on me, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So I I just remember those things like, you know what, I can take care of myself. I can groom myself. I can feed myself and dress myself. I can drive myself to work. I have a job to go to. And these are all the things that come to mind that most people don't think about. But those are the things that keep like keep me grounded and grateful because I always want to be humble. I was always raised to be humble no matter what we did in life be humble and nobody's I'm no better than anybody else and nobody's any better than me either we're equals and um and that's something I practice what I preach I lead by example and when I catch myself I'm like oh I better start practicing that get because you know we stop thinking because it becomes automatic and Mm -hmm. we don't think so much about those things so it it just oh I try to each day when things start getting stressed just, just right here. It's like 114 here. So when it's cooler, like I'll go stand outside in the grass and like put my feet in the grass and I just, Chris, what do you have? What do you have? Yeah. Yeah. I I love sounds of water. I need to find an office where I can have those water things coming down, (laughs) but it's really, it's just You love sounds of water or you love water, but you live in the desert. (laughs) Hey, I was a kid and this is where we ended up. I don't know. I always tell people, you know, I'm, you know, I'm crazy because I'm like, I was born in North Carolina, raised in Arizona by people from Alabama. And I'm like, so that's my story. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm well versed in many things. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, but yeah, so really, it's just taking time to stop and think what, what do, what is going good and focus on what's good, build from the good. And because it, it comes automatic, it just, abundance starts coming at you because the energy you put out is what's going to come back to you. Say that one again, because I want people to hear that loud and clear difference between abundance and scarcity. It's with the energy you put out. If you're thinking negative and hateful things or wish bad things on people, it's going to come back to you tenfold. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's how we attract people, you know, but if you, you're positive 
and you always have, you know, not always, but you know, I always try to find the bright side of everything because when it's a bad situation, it's like, okay, what's the bright side of this situation? And what is this and, trying to teach me? Yeah, because it, but you got to learn that piece though, um, the, mm -hmm. the piece of what this is, a, instead of looking at it as God hates me, the universe hates me. No, you know, and I use God is because most people, um, know what that means, even though it could be Buddha, it could be the universe, it could be whatever. Um, but in just in this instance, it's like, okay, what God gives his best warriors the hardest challenges, because those challenges are what build our resilience. That's what builds our, um, our character. I, by the time I was 30 at 12, my mother had committed suicide a week before my birthday. And from 12, and I was 38 when my father had died from cancer. And in between 12 and 38, my entire family, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, oh, they're all gone. And so I was like, man, if I mess up, man, I have nobody to save me. <laughs> but I look at that because I, I used to think, what did, I, what did I do so wrong that everybody's been taken from me? And I was in that bad, dark place. And it just it was like that. I learned to turn the radio off in the car and I listened to the hum of the road. And it's very soothing to me. I don't know why, but I think it's because as a kid, I get car sick. My mom told me to put my head down on the seat because we didn't. We won't talk about seatbelts, but I my head down the seat and I would listen to the, the road noise. So I think that that's just something that goes back to that. But, and that's when I have those moments, like every time right before I hit the ground, the universe sweeps in and saves me. And then I had that epiphany, like, oh my gosh, it's not that moment. It's the millisecond that follows where I completely surrender. And then that's when it happens. And I'm like, Bingo. so that's, I love Thanks. having those yeah. moments. We're going to note that time because that is like. That is some serious preaching that just happened. Love it. And <laughs> told you I get when I get passionate, I get on a soapbox. And <laughs> thank you so much for coming today. This was I, I I don't know about you, but I had a blast, and I thought the discussion was awesome and super um, fluid. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh well, thank you for having me. I hope it somebody it helps somebody. I always say if I can help one person, going through all that grad school craziness was worth it. Awesome. Well, that was today's episode of Joy Unleashed. Tune in next time and make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters.